The New Testament reading is from the letter to the Hebrews and can be found on page 1204, reading from chapter 5, verses 5 to 10. In the same way, Christ did not take on himself the glory of becoming a high priest, but God said to him, You are my son. Today I have become your father. And he says in another place, You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of rightful of eternal salvation for all who obey him and was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, And if you're comfortable to do so, please can I invite you to stand as Mary brings our gospel reading. The gospel reading is from John chapter 12, and uh, it's on page 1080 in the Bibles. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me and where I am. My servant will also be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, This voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for the judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death that he was going to die. This is the gospel of Christ. So let us pray. Help us, O Lord, to listen to your word with understanding, to receive it with faith, and to obey it with courage. Amen. Please do sit down. (laughs) 
There is something very special, isn't there, in the way that Easter falls at this time of year. Amazingly, with periods of snow and frost this winter, my garden is full of bloom, of daffodils, of crocus, of hyacinth, and tulips about to burst. Shoots emerge from the ground, leaves form on the trees, and darkness gives way to colour, and darkness recedes in the sunlight. Yes, it is coming. I saw on the news this morning the beauty of the uh, cherry trees in China, absolutely beautiful. And we will see that beauty everywhere very shortly. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single grain. But if it dies, it yields a rich harvest. There is no gain without pain. We must travel through darkness to light. And sorrow surrenders to joy, and death gives way to life. We must give in order to receive. We must surrender our lives in order to gain them. This Sunday is the fifth Sunday of Lent, and as Jodie has shared, we begin Passion Tide. And this two-week period is a week of intense concentration upon the passion of Christ, without which we can make no sense of Easter and the joy of the resurrection. In our reading, death was in the air. Crowds were in Jerusalem for the Passover. And here, some Greeks come and say to Philip, we want to see Jesus. We do not hear whether the Greeks actually get to see Jesus. After Andrew and Philip speak to Jesus, Jesus speaks only of his death. Reminds us of chapter 1 of John, which we looked at early in the year, and Judy, um, Jody preached on this, where Andrew um, was coming and seeing Jesus, and Jesus said to Philip, Follow me. I wonder, however, if the visitors who came to Philip in Jerusalem at the Passover had any idea what they were asking. It seems a simple enough request, but Jesus' response is anything but simple. I don't know what answer Andrew and Philip expected, but I bet they did not expect to hear about death. It's probably not the answer we expect or want when we ask to see Jesus but it is the answer here. 
These Greeks may have approached Jesus through Philip because they weren't certain about Jesus' attitude to the Gentiles. Philip was chosen because of his Galilean roots and the probability that he spoke Greek. But Jesus replies, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Then a voice comes from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. It is precisely for this reason that I have come to this hour. The time has come. We've been looking at John a lot in this season. And I think back to the wedding at Cana when he says, my hour has not come. But now, now is the time. Now the hour has come. And Jesus says, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honour the one who serves me. The crowd heard it. Jesus will bring glory. He will be lifted up upon the cross and draw all people to himself. Jesus knows, despite his fears, he cannot turn from the path He is on. So he chooses the route which will ultimately allow God to draw in and embrace all people. In Hebrews verse 7, it talks about during the time of Jesus' earthly life. He offered up prayers and supplications with loud shouts and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And we see this in the Garden of Gethsemane. Though this is not recorded in John, it is in Matthew, Mark and Luke's Gospel. And Jesus prayed that the cup might pass from him. He wrestles in the garden as to how he can put his life at God's disposal. How can I go to the cross, Jesus said. Should I say, save me from this hour? No, he says. It is precisely for this reason I have come to this hour. Jesus was saying, Millions of people will be saved and go to heaven because of my death and resurrection. Everyone is included in this harvest 
Greeks, Romans, Syrians, Africans, Arabians, all people in the world, both Jews and Gentiles. Somehow, death and seeing Jesus are intimately related. We follow Christ as participants, not as spectators. If we want to see Jesus, then we must die to self. This work of dying is difficult and painful. However, in dying we see a new life and a new way of being. Where I am, there you will be also. Whoever serves me, says Jesus, the Father will honour. So as Jesus is glorified through his death and resurrection, he is the means by which we are given new life. In our own lives, are there things that we need to let go of? Things that we need to let fall to the ground and to die in order that the Christian faith may truly live. In each one of us, there is a seed that is lying dormant. Go back to my garden, which I love, and I'm always out there seeing what's coming up. And I'm particularly interested in what has seeded itself. Yes, the odd sycamore root does have to come out, but I love it when the poppies shower and we get more plants. It's a wonderful experience. Once the seed has fallen to the earth, it does need to be nurtured by rain and sun and good soil. And it's like that for us because we can only bring forth good seed if we nurture what we have through our fellowship together, through our breaking of bread, through prayer and Bible reading. Now, fruitfulness is costly. It is in dying that we become life givers. You'll be familiar with St. Francis and the hymn, Make me a channel of your peace. And it says, Make me a channel of your peace in giving to all people that we receive and in dying that we are born to eternal life. George Matheson lived um, from 1842 to 1908 and was a minister and hymn writer. He graduated at age 19 and sadly he was given the news that he had an eye condition that they could do nothing for and he would go blind. He was in um, a relationship um, looking forward to marriage 
And when he put this to the girl that he had met at university, she said she couldn't marry someone who was going to go blind. So George had tremendous struggles in his life. He went on to be a minister. And on the evening of his sister's wedding, he wrote the famous hymn, O Love That Will Not Let Me Go. We are told that in five minutes, God gave him that, that hymn. And if you don't know it, look it up, because it is a very special hymn and a very special hymn to me. And verse four says this. O cross that liftest up my head, I dare not ask to flee from thee. I lay in dust life's glory dead, and from the ground there blossoms red, life that shall endless be. And through faith in the finished work of Christ, we have life that shall endless be. George never did marry, but he continued to prove the truth of this hymn, that there was love that would never let him go, the love of Christ for the sinner, the love that was demonstrated for all the world to see, on the cross of Calvary. Oscar Romero was the fourth bishop of San Salvador and he spoke out against poverty, social injustice, assassinations and tortures. And in 1980, he was assassinated while celebrating mass. But hear this, about a year before he was assassinated, he preached upon these words of Jesus in our gospel reading today. Words that would soon be more personal than he could ever know. This is what it said. To each one of us, Christ is saying, if you want your life and mission to be fruitful like mine, do as I do. Be converted into a seed that lets itself be buried. Let yourself be killed. Do not be afraid. Those who shun suffering will remain alone. No one is more alone than the selfish. But if you give your life out of love for others, as I give mine for all, you will reap a great harvest. You will have the deepest satisfactions. So do not fear death or threats. The Lord goes with you. Sometimes a life lived in faith will require we put ourselves in situations in which we feel, and indeed maybe, 
way over our heads, speaking the difficult truth to those we care about. <coughs> Excuse me. Maybe sharing the news that we have a terminal illness or that someone has suddenly died. Or perhaps something we find intimidating or frightening, holding the hand of a person who is dying, giving of ourselves when we feel we have nothing left to give, being alongside someone who is gravely ill, someone suffering dementia or depression, loving those who hurt us or those who are not on our wavelength. We can make our lives count as a seed planted in life, in the lives of our families and our friends, in our church and in our community, in the work that we accomplish in the world, through our hands and our minds and our hearts. I am so thankful for those who planted the seeds of life faith in my life, my parents, my relations, my church members, my ministers, my friends, my Sunday school teachers and youth leaders, and that continues to this day. So I'm very grateful for all of those seeds that have been planted in my life. And we all have those opportunities. We all have people that can help us along the way. So listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it is buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself many times over. It's going to finish with a prayer. Lord Jesus, you have shown us that a grain of wheat remains a single grain unless it falls to the ground and dies. But in dying, it brings a rich, rich harvest. May we die to self so that we may live for others and follow you sacrificially in the way that you died for us and rose again. We might have eternal life with you. And we thank you for all that you have done for us. So may we continue to serve you to the glory of God the Father.